A few years ago, I was in the States. I was over in Chicago for a conference. Well, not near Chicago, but in there. And I decided that I was going to grab a train, go into Chicago, and just look around. I've been before, but it is a beautiful city, and I really wanted to experience it and enjoy it and embrace it. So I, I got on the train, it was a unique experience in itself. I had my headphones in. I was just going to walk the streets, listening to worship, just enjoying the beautiful sights. Anyway, I got to uh, Chicago. I got off the train. I was so excited for my walk. And as I did, I stepped out and uh, walked out of the building and immediately met with a, a homeless guy who was sitting on the streets. And he turned around and he said, have you got any change? I didn't hear because I had my headphones in, but I kind of guessed what he said. And I kind of did my thing, which is, you know, I don't get money. I'll just carry on walking. And then I just felt a little prompt. I was like, come on, you can't walk around this beautiful city. You can't listen to worship and not just want to act, do something. So begrudgingly, somewhat, I decided this isn't, I wouldn't say this is dangerous faith, this is uncomfortable faith, okay? I needed to do something about this. So I took my headphones off, I went to the guy and I said, look, I, I don't give money, that's not how I work, but I would be happy to buy you food. Can I, can I buy you some food? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can do that. So we went in, he, he knew where he was going, he was about 10 paces ahead of me, I was like, okay, I'll catch up. Um, he got to this chicken place, and then he ordered like 30 pieces of chicken. And then the bill came in, it was like 30 pounds or dollars or whatever. I was like, oh, come on, you've, you've had me, haven't you? This is, this is embarrassing. I was supposed to be prompted by the Holy Spirit and you are taking advantage of me. And I tried not to have a bitter heart about it, but I was like, bless you and your chicken. <laughs> and then I, uh, I left and I was walking up the street going, come on God, this is supposed to be a great day out. Already, I feel like I've been taken advantage of. This is so annoying. Anyway, I didn't get much further up the road. And then another guy was like, have you got any change? I was like, come on. <laughs> and then I had an idea. And I took my headphones out again, slightly uncomfortable faith. And I said, do you like chicken? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. I was like, come with me. And I took him back to the guy that I just bought chicken for. I said, hey, you've got 30 pieces of chicken. You could share this. Here's another guy. Start a party. It was fun. It was good. And then I spent the rest of the day just ignoring people. <laughs> that did not turn out how I expected it to turn out. And that was not what I expected to happen in this divine prompted moment. Um, but you know, it was less about what happened and more about was I willing to follow the prompt of God himself? Was I willing to step out of the boat, as it were? You know, we've heard from Mark and others over the last uh, couple of months, actually, on this series of Dangerous Faith. But today, it's your turn to share some stories of your dangerous or uncomfortable or walk-on-water moments of faith, especially if they've happened over the last couple of months as well. I've got to say, I love that story of Peter walking on water, stepping out the boat. It's a great model for Dangerous Faith. Um, John Ortberg wrote a book which I think simplifies it and just whittles it down to just the beautiful essence, which is, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out the boat. It's as simple as that. You know, the disciples in this moment, they've experienced um, the miraculous. They've just seen Jesus take someone's lunch and then feed 5,000 people with that little bit of food. And they are back in their comfort zone as fishermen, on a boat in the middle of the lake. This is their comfort zone, their safe place. They're probably really excited. They're probably really energized and sharing stories, their own perspective. 
And they're probably feeling absolutely pumped, as I'm sure we've all done when we've heard stories or seen things and been on the periphery of watching them and seeing that happen. But the question is, will they stay in their comfort zone or do they want to see more? What a great question that is. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick look at that story. Uh, we're going to pull a couple of things out, and then I'm going to invite you guys up to share your own stories. So Matthew 14, all this takes place in. So if you've got your Bibles, it will go up on the screen, but it's always good to have your Bibles. You can open up, become familiar with where things are in your Bible, and you can always dig it out. Uh, I use a lot of online stuff now, and then someone asks me a, a bit in the passage, I'm like, oh, I can't remember where that is. And you've got to, you know, it does help to have the book. Anyway, verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. So who knows that when you do something bold and audacious, that you do so because God has already gone out before you. He's already gone out and done it. You don't throw yourself off a cliff and pray that God delivers you safely to the ground. You don't just take random chances like that. You don't start a relationship without knowing that God is already in it. But when we see that God is some, in something, it's a fairly sure bet that you can throw your lot in with it. In short, we can do anything that God is already doing. We can do anything that God is already doing. And that's a great indication. So we can pray for the sick and see them healed. And we do so every single Sunday morning. Many of you come up for prayer, my right, your left, because you expect that God is gonna do something as a shameless plug and advertisement. If you wanna be on the other side of that because you see God doing something and say, yeah, I wanna see people healed, come and join the team and come and chat with one of us afterwards. But we pray for the sick because we see God healing the sick. God stands for justice, therefore we know that we can stand for justice. So when God is out on the water, we know that we can walk on the water. It says in John 5, I think Jesus puts it brilliantly when he says this, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son can also do. So when we step out, we do so because we realize that God has already gone ahead. He's already out there. You can tell this by people who are already responding to you. People are already listening to you, asking you questions. People are already inviting you. You're already hearing stories happen. And you just go, do you know what? I think I might join in. Um, I was hoping we'd get a video from Ian and Lucy Harvey, who used to be part of this church for many years, um, but they haven't sent this video. But basically, uh, they've replanted in France, and um, for a while, they've been talking about gathering people and talking to them about Jesus, maybe starting a church, maybe doing an alpha course or something like that, but just an opportunity for people to respond. Well, they've been watching and listening to this series, and they've just said, you know what, it's enough listening, it's time to do. And so they've now committed, um, you know, we've agreed, they're going to start an alpha course in the new year to provide people an opportunity, which I think is amazing. But part of that indication was the fact that they had been thinking, wanting to do it, and people had been coming to them asking questions about church, about Christianity, about their faith. And so it felt like God was already in this, so they're stepping up. So I know this is going to be an amazing experience for them and for all the people doing it. Your first indication that God's inviting you to make a dangerous faith decision is that he's already doing something. He's already out there on the water. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. 
It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. I mean, who wouldn't? Now, I don't want to mansplain what is effectively very obvious scripture, um, but when something changes, when something, um, oh no, sorry, I am going to mansplain, but not just yet, I've jumped ahead of myself. <laughs> I'll come back to mansplain in a second. Anyway, it's a ghost they cried out. Who wouldn't do this? When something unexpected happens that changes the very world that you experience and that you know, I think we all would, and indeed many of us have over these last few years, cried out in fear. Verse 27 is what I was getting to. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. These are beautiful words. These are words I live by and live on and live for from Jesus. This is my man's bit. You know it's dangerous faith decision because you're afraid. That's how you know it's a dangerous faith decision because something in you says, this isn't going to be easy. This is going to be tough. This is going to be hard. This, I don't know if I've got what it takes to make this happen. This is a dangerous faith because I know, I know this because I'm scared. Alan Scott, um, he once gave this analogy, which I thought was brilliant. He said, if, if crows were clever, they wouldn't look at the scarecrow and go, ah, scary. They would look at the scarecrow and go, Ah, that's where they put the fruit. That's the bit they're trying to scare me. That's the dangerous bit. Now, that's where the good stuff is. So absolutely, we're going to be afraid. Absolutely, we're going to be scared. But that's often an indication that something good is about to happen. But you know what Jesus doesn't say? You have no reason to be afraid. He doesn't say that. He doesn't even say it's going to be okay. There's no promises in that at all. He just says, hey, it's me. I'm here. You're not alone in this. I'm with you. I've gone ahead. I've already done something. So you don't need to be afraid. You're not alone in this. I'm inviting you to come and join me in what I'm already doing. Verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Another important step in dangerous faith did God say, come? Did he say, come on, let's do this? He might say it through others. He might say it through scripture. He might say it through dreams. He might say it through prayer. However he says it, especially on these bigger things, there's always a confirmation of collaboration. There's always a confirmation of collaboration. Big emphasis on collaborate there. Jesus says, I'm here. Come and join me. Not off you go. Let's see how you get on. Jesus says, come and join what I am doing. That's your invitation. Let's do this together. Now, understand, this is not an excuse for you to go, well, I haven't heard anything. I'm not going to do anything. This is an encouragement to make sure that God is in it. And this is the reason why. Because it is God's word, God's invitation, not your dream or your desire that will keep you being dangerous when it feels like you're the one in danger. When you're in the middle of something chaotic, when everything is going completely against plan, when people are taking you advantage, advantage of you for chicken, and you go, this is not working out how I expected it to happen. Are you going to go, well, I thought it was going to happen. I thought something good is going to come from this. Or are you going to say, I have no idea what's going on, but God's in this. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be the one in danger. I'm the one who's being in danger in this very moment. 
You can, in those moments, you can absolutely laugh at the enemy, at criticism, at self-doubt. You can hear, feel, see those things and laugh at them because none of them really matter because you know it's the God who creates these things, the God who heals these things, the God who delivers these things that is the one that's gone before you and will do the very thing. You can feel underqualified, underexperienced, and still stand strong because it was God who said, come, and is doing something. You are simply joining in. Even though you do not know what's gonna happen, he does, and God will always accomplish what he sets out to do. Isaiah 55, 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Equally, I will say this in my years of pastoring, the number of conversations I have where people keep on telling me about coincidences they've had, and yet they're still not sure if God has spoken to them. There does come a moment where you just have to do something and act, and you may find someone just says, I think you've heard from God, do it now. Stop checking it out. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. Verse 30. But this is the other part of it. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and began and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? A fair question. Peter started strong but lost sight of what he was doing. You see, Jesus, uh, sorry, Jesus, Peter became more focused on the waves than the words of Jesus. That's the difference. That's the simple truth. He became more focused on the waves and the clash and the criticism than he did on the words of Jesus. But Peter's story doesn't end there. And if that thing doesn't work out for us, nor does our story end there. Verse 22, 32, sorry. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let me tell you what happened there. First and foremost, they all reset. The wind died down, the chaos stopped. Jesus had held out his hand, poured him onto, into the boat. Everything was reset. It started again. And then they rested and praised and worshipped in who Jesus really is. You know, this was one story of Peter's journey in learning to trust and follow him. But it wasn't a life-defining story for Peter. Wonderfully, as you carry on reading the New Testament, you realize Peter made lots and lots more mistakes. But you know what? Peter was also the one that Jesus would call to build his church on. Because at the end of the day, Jesus knew that the most important thing was that Peter was willing to be dangerous for him. That's all he needed to know. If he is willing to be dangerous, then he's everything that Jesus needs to make a dangerous difference. And so that's our question today. Are you willing to be dangerous for Jesus? That is it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you up in a few moments. And we've got a couple of people who want to share their stories. And I would love you to join. Come and stand over here and we'll invite you up. And I want to ask you this question. Are you, one, in the middle of stepping out the boat, like Ian and Lucy? Eyes are fixed on Jesus. You have no idea what's going to happen. Well, let's pray for you as a church. Two, are you walking on water? And are you seeing the unbelievable take place right now? And it's actually happening. And as a result of trusting God's invitation to come, let us give God the glory. Now, well, three, are you drying off at the moment? Have you kind of sunk a little bit? Do you know what? Well, that's okay. 
What I would love to do is remind us that Jesus has your hand. It's a reset time. And though it may look like you failed, for a moment, you walked on water. How incredible was that? And now he knows that you're willing to be dangerous for him. So why don't we celebrate with you that you experienced dangerous faith? Those are the three people I would love to have you up. For the next 20 minutes or so, we are going to hear 30 seconds to a minute from whoever's willing to share what I want to do. Well, your step of dangerous faith. So Danny and um, Sam. Sorry, could Sam go first? Here you go. Okay, I want to hear everyone in the room responding. Unlike my talk, where you all stay very silent throughout. Um, <laughs> a little bit of response for, for these guys as they step out. Now, um, Sam. Uh, okay, I'll hold the mic just here. Okay, yeah. No, we'll pray for you. Bless you. I've already prayed for you. Go for it, Sam. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. As encouragement, last week, um, one of the youth, a uh, young lady, young girl, invited a couple of her friends to the service. It was a special service. Um, from what Edward tells me, those two friends who didn't know Jesus came along and were like, wow, what's this? Engaged in the service, listened to the talk, everything went as smooth, and at the end of it, they gave their lives to Jesus. How amazing is that? So your step of faith. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for Sam's willing to step out there and be available for you and invite people, not just to church, but to you, Jesus. And pray your blessing on those guys, whoever they are, and the more to come, that you would meet with them in the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Bless you. Um, we'll check away. Okay, so if you are willing to be one of those people, one of those people on the screen, would you come up and join us here? Um, Danny, you seem to have got your own mic. <laughs> All right, carry on. Over to you, I guess. Um, yeah, no, my testimony was um, Heather's amazing talk a few weeks ago, and I just felt really prompted when she was just like walking and praying around the prison and even was frustrated but just still trusted in God. And I just said to God, I was like, I want to give up some work and I just want to serve you um, and I'm not going to be afraid. And then during the worship at the end, God said to me, need, those of you that don't know me, I'm a fitness instructor. I work for David Lloyd. Um, and... I felt God say to me, I need you to give up this class, this class. I need you to text them now. I need you to tell them, give them notice, and then I'll do the rest. So I did that. And then I text Heather and I was like, Heather, I want to serve on a Monday. Um, and I want to do it. I feel prompted by God. And she was like, yes, we need people. When can you start? And I was like, this is definitely from God. The, the, the godly bit is, is it then led me to have conversations at work where people were like, why are you leaving? Like, we love you. We love this class. Why are you doing it? And I said, oh, I'm going to volunteer at my church. And they went, oh, we can't really say anything. And, they were like, and then it just literally led, because I just said it on the microphone in class, because I just don't care, because um, everyone needs to hear about Jesus. Um, work or not work. Um, and Hurry up. Um, and, <laughs> hurry up, Danny. And that then led people at the end to come and say to me, I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Like, what church do you go to? And then a lady in the studio who I've never met before just prayed for me. And wow. I just thought, like, 
it was one, an encouragement, one, to listen to God, two, that he provides, and three, that like, talk about God in your workplace, like, talk about God wherever you can go, like, don't be scared, because I think, as Marcus said before, what's the worst that can happen? They can go, oh, thank you, or they can say yes, it's yes or no, but it's so important, especially now, so. Father, thank you for Danny. And also, on that, I would love everyone to pray for me, because I really feel God is, is leading me to not only just spend more time with him, but to give up more of my time. And I'm willing to give up all my time, my car, my house, all my possessions, because I don't need them, just to serve him, because it will bring not only him glory, but will make me a lot happier. So please pray for that. It's not that I'm lazy and don't want to work. I just would much prefer to be serving God. Thank you, Lord God, for Danny. (laughs) Thank you that he stepped out and been dangerous for you. And Danny, let me just remind you that the enemy knows your name. He does, and is afraid. Amen. Bless you. Okay, if you guys want to step up the stairs and maybe stop around here, just keep on coming up. Andy and Emma, over to you guys. I've got absolutely no idea how we do this in a short amount of time, so I'm just well, going to cut to the quick. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. <laughs> so here, here goes. Um, basically, God has provided us with a house. Um, so a house of our own. Um, so I'll just give you the punchline straight away. Um, if you want to know the full story, come and, come and ask us. Because, so um, tell us one part of the dangerous faith aspect of that. What, um, what was the bold, courageous well, thing? I, I, don't, you know, I don't believe God rocks the boat or chucks you out the boat in order to just drown you. I believe he does that to um, take you to a, a new place of trust in him. Um, and sometimes it doesn't come at what you would consider the right time. So my father had died. We'd lost a beautiful little cat that we, um, that we loved to pieces. Um, and then our landlord gave us notice on our property. Um, and we were like, how are we going to do this? Mm. Um, and I just put my foot down and I stepped out. And I said, Em, we've got to buy. And she's like, it's impossible. Um, but he has made a way where there's no way. And if, you know, we talk about coincidences or God incidences there is enough to fill a battleship. Like I said, if you want to hear the full story, I'll tell you the full story. Um, But, yeah. I love that. In fact, actually, if people want to come up to you, maybe if you can hang around. And if anyone's in that difficult and impossible situation and you just need that dangerous prompt, as it were, why don't you get prayer from these guys as well? Mm. Can I pray a blessing on you? So I think a really important point. So at the start of this journey, God actually said to us when we got the news, he he gave me immediately into my mind the prayer of Jabez and he said, I'm going to enlarge your territory. Um, After he said that to me and I'd stopped crying at the news, we pulled into some services and up up on my phone popped the prayer of Jabez. Um, And we went from there. The other thing I want to say, and this is really important, is prayer. So at the start of this journey, God said, this is going to be a battle because you're going to take ground. Get all the saints around you and have them pray. So I got everyone that was willing that we knew, and a lot of them are in this room today, on a WhatsApp chat called Emma and Andy's New House. And they have been praying every single step, twist and turn through of this with us over the last year. And we um, exchanged two weeks ago and we move in in about five weeks' time. I love that. Thank you, Lord God. I just thank you once again that these guys know that it's not we just believe in prayer, but we depend on prayer. And Father, thank you for this church who come together and gathered around these guys, as you do with so many people and so many stories on that. But thank you, Lord God, that the enemy knows these guys' names. The Lord bless them, I ask in your name, Jesus.
Amen. Bless you guys. But yeah, hang around. We'd love to pray for you. Keep on coming up, guys. Ah, uh, Chantel, I'm so excited here. Daniel, and uh, would you mind coming up and then just standing a couple steps off? Come. Okay, good morning. Oh my goodness, Woo. my heart already is beating so fast because I don't know how Richard I'm going to say this in like two minutes. I'm, I'm actually going to say, I want I know, two it's minutes, a challenge. please. It's a big lesson for ah, us as a church, isn't okay. it? Okay, <laughs> um, so dangerous faith. Oh my gosh, I just need to start with the beginning, which is I was born on the 31st of October. Okay, we're not going to go that far back. No, 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 no. just quickly. I'm really sorry. Sorry, I have to go there. There is, my, my children are always like, Mum, you have to give the backstory, then you no. have to give the foundation. I'm like, I'm trying, I'm can really you, trying. Can you first of all tell us what happened on Halloween? Well, this is it. That's yeah. why it's linked. Go on. So I was born on um, Halloween. Yeah. Uh, but it's my birthday. It's a day that actually, you know, belongs to the Lord. Um, uh, but I was born into a hostile world. That's what I want to try and say, yeah. into a, a dark kingdom. But actually, becoming a Christian means that I have authority to usher in the kingdom of God. Amen, yeah. And, um, yeah, so on my 15th birthday, unfortunately, I was assaulted um, in the worst kind of way three times between my 15th and my 16th birthday. So I spent so many years um, kind of feeling like I was basically unworthy. Um, I couldn't celebrate my birthday. It brought on a lot of depression and well, you've, you've I, broken through that. I've you? broken you through that because this, this I took week. back my birthday three yeah. years ago. So I was assaulted three times, took back my birthday three years ago. Yeah. I've been worshipping every birthday um, as a way to push back the darkness, as a way to glorify God, and as a way to obviously offer my life as a living sacrifice, literally, to say, God, you saved me, you heard my cry of my heart, yeah. you healed me, you took me on this amazing journey, and I want to share it with as many people as possible. So worship is just the way that so I do us, that. I'm desperate for you to tell so us what we happened went to on Halloween. We went to Verulanian <laughs> Park, okay, and it's holy ground, it's the oldest yeah. place of worship in the UK, if you don't know, and we worshipped under the willow tree, we did it in the rain, <laughs> Um, I even hit myself in the mouth with a microphone, oh, so no. my lip was bleeding and swelling at the time. But I was like, no, I will not be silent. I will praise the Lord. Amen, so we yeah. did. We had the most amount of fun. And I don't even remember my trauma. I don't even, you know, want to okay. really glorify it. I only want to glorify God because I have so much joy and so much to be thankful for. I'm and gonna, so my birthday is a day to I'm do that. I'm going to pause you there because let's just say and celebrate I mean, first of all, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open. And I love the dangerous approach to saying, I'm not going to live in darkness. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to rewrite this dangerously for God. And what a beautiful thing. So Chantel was out with a group of people, I understand? Yes. Yeah. On Halloween, when everyone else was trick-or-treating, including us, to be fair. I'm just putting that out there to be hated by half the room. Um, but you were out worshipping. You were out um, singing and inviting people. And people walking past going, yeah. what is this? This is amazing. I mean, that, for me, is dangerous faith, and I love it. So, Lord, bless you. Bless Chantel. Thank you for her courage and her danger. And I thank you, Lord God, that the enemy knows her name. And everyone said, Amen. Daniel. The ginger who shared his testimony. Yeah, we can't wait. <laughs> so, basically, um, I used to work at Sketches, and... Uh, I would just basically say, you know, well, I'm offering you this voucher or 
you know, some people uh, didn't want a voucher. Well, I said, tough stuff, tough love, I'm going to give you it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but um, basically, I, uh, on a serious message, um, I actually shared the gospel in, uh, in the workplace. Wow. Okay, I that's actually, amazing. I spread Can you the tell gospel. Us with, with who? I, I, because I mean, I was having this conversation. I was on training at the time, and yeah. I had people uh, to talk to and stuff like that. And I talked to this woman, this uh, young woman who's the same age as me. I'm 22, yeah. uh, but I was 21 at the time. And uh, I, uh, yeah, we talked about how she didn't pass her science test, and I said, "Well, same with me." And I talked about like why God exists and stuff like that, wow. how God exists. Like, because trees grow, you know, they have atoms in it. Yeah. You, know, you didn't like that. pass your science test. I didn't. Well, right. not, I mean, not, not my GCSEs. <laughs> they were asking what, the wrong questions. What I mean is... <laughs> yeah. But you, you shared yeah. the gospel. Yeah, I shared the gospel. Amazing. Yeah. And, and how did she respond just out of interest? She, she seemed interested. Fantastic. She was like, she said to me that they didn't teach that in school, so... No, what a shame. So, yeah. I love that. Can we give Daniel a huge round of applause? Well, can I just pray a blessing on you? Father, thank you for making Daniel dangerous. Thank you that the enemy knows his name. And Lord, we ask for more opportunities for Daniel and for us. Maybe we inspired and encouraged that in sketches while trying to encourage someone with a voucher... But there's always an opportunity to share your gospel, your truth. Bless Daniel in that place, in your name. Amen. Yes, Daniel, fantastic. Thank you. Hello. Come on then. I can't wait. Hi, I'm Sharon, and I'm, a, I'm becoming a regular visitor, actually. Okay. Um, with nice. my husband. Uh, we are um, ministers, and we're based in Dubai most of the time, but our children are buying houses in this area, so we're kind of, this is like uh, becoming home, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to just say that a month ago, we, part of what we do is exactly what your pastor has been doing this last time, equipping saints for the works of ministry, teaching them to get on with the work that Jesus does. Amen. And it is dangerous, and sometimes it's very inconvenient and God will ambush you when you are least expecting it. So in Dubai, we keep quite a low profile. We don't want to draw unnecessary attention. Yep. And uh, we were on an Emirates flight. That's a Muslim airline. And we were going to Kenya. And we were sitting towards the front of the plane. We were either side of the aisle because we couldn't get seats together. And about 20 minutes in the flight, a lady, um, fully dressed in black, um, her face was open, um, she stood up and she started addressing the heavens. And I thought, I don't like the look of that. And neither did the passengers, you could see that. And the stewardesses came and asked her to sit down and she um, chased them away. Uh, they ran to the back of the plane and they went and got the chief purser. Meanwhile, she takes some water and she offers it to the heavens and then she pours it like a libation over herself and she starts really starting to shout. Now, my husband is sitting with his noise-cancelling headphones on, <laughs> his very good noise-cancelling headphones, and I know he can see what's going on, and he's obviously got his Eric Clapton up loud, so he can't hear a thing, and I'm getting increasingly bothered because this is not a psychotic incident, this is a full-blown demonic manifestation. 
And she's now turning around and she's literally eyeballing individuals, pointing at them and shouting, let them die. So people are getting really freaked out. So the purser comes down in his best voice, asks her, Madam, please, would you take your seat? Well, she beat him up and he went running to the back of the plane as well. So she spins around and she eyeballs my husband and points at him. And I thought... Oh, I couldn't get past, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, you know, what's happening now? So she comes up, she raises her hand to curse him, and as she does that, he'd all, I could see he was ready, he'd taken his belt off, you know, but he'd still got the headphones on. And so he stands up, and he just says, in the name of Jesus, sit down and shut up. And I, the whole plane could hear it. So I'm just shrinking in my seat. <laughs> But she turned around, she went and sat down, and she was absolutely shut down. As a result, the steward came back with a form for him to fill in. Please, will you fill in an incident form? So (laughs) how do you do that, you know, in non-Christianese? Exactly. So anyway, he filled it in, and he took it to the back of the plane, and all the crew gathered around him and said, we've never seen anything like that. What did you do? So he was able to say that as a minister, this was not a psychotic incident, it was a demonic incident. It was probably due to witchcraft because of the nation that we're going to. There was one of the stewardesses was, was uh, from Kenya and she said, yes, there's a lot of witchcraft in my nation. Yes, I know this is true. Yeah. And he was able to explain Amazing. why there is authority in the name of Jesus. Fantastic. <laughs> Sharon. So, what was your husband's name? Bruce. Oh, there he is. Bless you guys. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your obedience. And I love that the enemy knows your name. Fantastic. Huey, come on up. Morning. Uh, one of the great joys about coming up this morning is I, I know that Richard's worried about time, so yeah, I can really mess with your head right now. You've already wasted time. <laughs> Richard's <laughs> already sweating. Come on, um, go. I'm going to be really brief. Uh, if I'd have known that Sharon was going to say that, I wouldn't have bothered coming up. That was quite a story. Uh, about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, just before uh, the start of the summer, my whole world, my whole world fell apart. And uh, I pretty much lost everything I have. Uh, and so I, I just made the decision that I couldn't do that on my own strength. I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, I've got two small children, and it was just a time of chaos. And in six weeks, the Lord's given me a new place to live. He's given me a car. He's given me a new job. And he's also installed in my children, my wonderful children, uh, a barbarian spirit for Christ, which I see in them every day, which is amazing. So in a time of great loss and a time that should have been really difficult and stressful and sometimes is, there's been great joy in our family. And uh, that is just God. He takes something bad or difficult and challenging and he makes it into the most amazing part of your life. So, uh, and also, Sharon, I'm going to try that, uh, that, that kind of thing that your husband did. I'm going to try that with my children this week. So that's great. Great tip. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. I love in those spaces where everything looks like it's fallen apart. That that's the moment where we go, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be dangerous in this place. Bless you, Huey. Bless you. Um, could the band come back up? We're going to finish with an appropriate response in worship. But first of all, Hannah. Um, apologies in advance for those of you who it pelted down on, on Halloween. So a few weeks ago, we got an invite for my daughter to go for a party um, on Halloween. And I thought, no, I don't want her classmates gathered in a place, you know, doing Halloween. 
Um, so we said no immediately and we explained to her, of course, her face went down and everything. Then we had a reading about it in our devotional and we explained to her again. And every time we'll talk about it, her face would sort of be down. So we kept praying about it. And then on Halloween, it rained so much. Mm. And as we were driving back, I just said, girls, can you see that rain? We didn't, we didn't want your classmates to, to gather like that. We didn't want that. And we just kept telling God because we didn't want a case of the next morning. We, I, I, I just felt very strongly in my spirit. And then I saw messages sort of saying, oh, those of you that still want to come, it's going to be outside. It's not really going to be okay. And just about two people also said, oh, you know, we'll still come after the party, we didn't hear anything about it. There was no thank you. It was wonderful. It, so I know that God took control. And the children, we explained to them the authority of God. And we've learned so much from so many of our mentors. We've learned about, you know, sort of them doing, whether it's, you know, sort of yoga or Halloween, all of those kind of things, and speaking up about it, you know. And that's what we've been trying to speak mm. to the children, getting them to show that dangerous face amongst yeah. their friends. So praise God. It. Fantastic. Amazing. I want to say thank you to each and every person that stood up this morning. I mean, it took courage for them to step up. Give them a round of applause. But you know, that was a fantastic series. But we've got so much more and so much more that God is doing among us. So let's not just stop there and move on to the next series. Let's keep on looking for those stories and opportunities. And when you experience them, would you email us in? Would you grab Mark on a Sunday or Steph or whatever it is? Share those stories. Let's encourage one another and build one another up. Absolutely appropriately, the best thing and the only thing we can do right now is worship our good God. Why don't you guys stand and let's jump in. Father, we want to say thank you so much that you've called us and equipped us to be dangerous, that the enemy does know our name. And the Lord God, that you have sent us, not into the unknown, but you've gone ahead and you said, come, come and follow me. Come and experience what I'm doing. Come and collaborate. And Lord, we leave this place after worship and after prayers to say, okay, God, use us, send us. In the name of Jesus, we ask. And everyone said, amen. Let's worship.